0: Hi everyone welcome to the sacred musings podcast with me phil saker the aim of the game here is to try and understand what is happening in the world from a christian perspective to see what light the bible can shed on these troubled times that we're going through we've been focusing a lot on the lockdowns but also on lots of other issues which are affecting society at the moment i do hope that you enjoy it don't forget to subscribe if you like it and you can also sign up on telegram t.me forward slash and the link will be in the show notes where there will also be links to the articles and things mentioned in the podcast anything that's relevant now on with the podcast Hi everyone welcome to Sacred Musings with me Phil Saker. It's the 21st of October 2021 and we're just going to be thinking about one main topic today and uh, that topic is what the end goal of everything is, what the end goal, what the end game is of, of everything that's happening. We'll come on to that in a minute, but just to say, um, welcome to you if you're joining me on YouTube, or if you're joining me on the audio podcast, um, it's great and that the content is the same uh, in each, um, and uh, yeah, I'm... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased that um, you're here with me whichever, whichever way the links are all down below in the description so if you're on YouTube but you prefer the audio podcast the links down below and uh, vice versa and I do have a telegram as well and I post um, all of this stuff as well as a few other bits and pieces on telegram as well if you're a telegram user um, and all the links will be down below um, so um, yeah do have a little look at that. So yeah, one main topic today and then um, at the end we're going to be having a, just a, a think about a, a sort of biblical thought. I like to just include a biblical thought at the end. But the main topic today is um, what's the end goal of everything that's been happening? So a lot of people have been... Thinking about all sorts of different things, you know, is it to do with the new world order? Is it to do with, you know, something a depopulation? Is it to do with Bill Gates? You know, what's the what's the end goal of all of this? And people have had all sorts of different answers, and I'm sure there's merit in all sorts of different ways of, of looking at it. There's one thing which I want to suggest today that I think lies behind what's going on, and I'm not sure whether this is an intentional thing. Or whether it's a you know kind of subconscious thing, you know we talked about evil lying behind um, actions, um, but um, yeah. Anyway, what I th- I'm going to talk about is the destruction of the family. That's what I think is is lying behind a lot of this stuff. And I I just like to warn you, by the way, this is um, just to say I'm probably going to offend just about everybody in what I'm going to say um, because this. Um, this pushes back against just about every orthodoxy that modern people believe um, in our society so just to warn you that you may well be offended by this but I just say please bear with me um, because I, I think this is important and you know I think if we want the truth we've got to be prepared to be challenged in in ways that we don't like to be challenged and and you know so be prepared to, to think about that. So um I think that yeah, the destruction of the family, I think lockdown has been a part of that, has played a role, but I think it's been happening for a lot longer. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at what led us here, then we're going to look at what what effect the lockdown has had, then we're going to look at why this is happening, and then finally we're going to think about what we can do about it. So those four things, the the past, lockdown, why it's happening, and then uh, what we can do. So first thing then, what led us here? Um well through the 20th century we had you know decades of of women's rights and feminism and um you know it kind of started out with equal opportunities you know with suffragettes um women having the vote uh, and so on and um then that kind of over time morphed into this you know attitude of we don't need men that you know anything you can do we can do better and it it sort of ended up with the situation where Um, you know women need to work in order for a family to support itself you know that very often the the husband the father uh, the uh, the man of the family doesn't earn enough to support the whole family so women need to work as well and it's it's sort of come comes to the point where the traditional feminine role of motherhood and you know being a wife being a mother is not valued at all Um, It's interesting, I watched a a, a video with John Anderson, an interview with John Anderson um, a few weeks ago with uh, Erica Commissar, and she was talking about feminism, but the feminism that she was talking about was actually the the importance of femininity, the importance of of motherhood in particular, and the, the importance of motherhood, especially with respect to young children. You know, how important it is to have that start in life in terms of their intellectual and social development um, of children. Um, and they were talking, actually, about how our political class just do not want to talk about this issue. They don't want to talk about the family, they don't want to talk about women, they don't want to talk about motherhood or, or anything like that. It's just completely swept under the carpet by our political class, and that's been happening for a very long time now. Um, so um, yeah, and I'd just like to say, by the way, if you don't subscribe to John Anderson, if you've not, not seen any of his interviews, then then do. I, I really enjoy his interviews. Um, he's done some really good ones. Um, so you might like to to have a look at his uh, his channel. He's a former Australian vice-president, vice, um, vice vice-prime vice minister. Um, anyway, but yeah, he's a good guy. And what's happened now post-feminism is that um, now our society almost doesn't believe there are such things as, um, as a man and a woman, or male and female, you know, that these things are really indistinguishable and interchangeable. Um, so, for example, the BBC did a programme back in 2017 called no more boys and girls can our kids go gender free and this was reflecting that kind of growing ideology at the time that boys and girls aren't really aren't any different at all that you know it's just in terms of the only thing that matters in gender is the way that you're brought up there's nothing kind of physical um, that that distinguishes you really Uh, apart from a few body parts you know it doesn't actually make any difference whether you're a, a boy or a girl man or a woman. And that's you fast forward that to this past couple of weeks, where I think all three of our political party uh, party leaders have been unable to confirm that a person with a cervix is a woman. So, we're currently in the situation where our society thinks that there is no essential distinction between male and female, that you might have certain body parts, but really, you know, a woman or a man is just what you feel yourself to be inside, it's nothing to do with your body. And there's no celebration of um, uh, femininity and motherhood. And there's also no celebration of masculinity. In fact, if you hear about masculinity, it's always toxic masculinity. So there's no celebration at all of the differences between men and women. It's entirely about um, what you feel and just gender fluidity. And it's just like our political class has been taken over by this this idea, by gender theory. Um, So all of the distinctions between men and women have been broken down. And Douglas Murray actually wrote about this in the Madness of Crowd. He had a chapter about, um, about men and women. So that's that was one thing, that's one strand that's led to where we are. Another thing, significant moment that I'd like to mention that happened was in the uh, 2010s, the early 2010s, when same-sex marriage was introduced. Now, why was that significant? Because it, it's essentially a redefinition of marriage. Um, where which says gender distinction is no longer important. So it was enshrining in law this idea that the, the, the man and the woman, male and female, isn't significant, doesn't have any particular significance, especially in our most intimate relationships uh, when it comes to marriage and when it comes to, to children. Now, I think this has had two very important effects as, as we go on to look at lockdown. The first important effect is that it enshrined into law the idea that uh, political correctness overrides scientific truth. So, for example, um, the BBC uh, reported a few years ago that Ruth Davison announces that she's pregnant. Um, You know, Ruth Davison, um, pregnant with a child, with her same-sex partner, uh, Jen Wilson. And um, they mentioned IVF, but there was absolutely no mention in that article of the father. Um, the fact that you know children do biologically speaking always have a mother and a father. This is not mentioned in the article, and there are in other examples. Um, uh, Tom Daly, for example, I wrote an article about this actually on my blog about the emperor has no clothes. Uh, but this is the thing that same sex marriage has kind of led our society to just saying that a, a man and a man or a woman and a woman can be married and can even talk about children. But ignoring the very basic biological fact that a man and a man or a woman and a woman cannot have children. I mean that's that's just biology 101. So that was the first strand that um that, that went into it. You know, it's just become entirely politicized. And you know, as someone who spent a lot of time debating this um back when, when it was introduced, um, then I could see a lot of the trends which have happened over the last 18 months, happening back then. You know, the fact that people were supporting this, um, not because they thought it through logically, but just because it made them look good um, politically, you know, it was seen as a badge of being progressive and forward-thinking and everything. Um, Nikki Morgan, who I think was then Education Secretary, was once asked, what are British values? And quick as a flash, she just said, gay marriage. First thing that she said. Um, so... Um, yeah, and I think in a sense, you know, people who you know, traditional Christians, people who have traditional views on marriage, I think were in a sense the canary in the coal mine when it came to a lot of the trends we've seen over the last 18 months, because I saw it happening back then. Um, and it's just developed uh, since then. So that was the first um, first thing um, about um, uh, which sort of trend which led towards uh, towards lockdown. The second thing that happened, which I think is really significant, is that it made the state supreme. So traditionally, marriage has been a recognition by the state of a prior biological arrangement. Um, and so, um, you know, a man and a woman come together to bear a child and live together to raise that, that child. Um, that is just, uh, you know, the state... Um, marrying them is just a recognition of what already exists in reality in, in biology Now when it comes to same-sex marriage, there is no No, um, you know, ha- how can there be a biological relationship between the man and a man or a woman and a woman Which the state can recognize? Actually, what what's happened is that the state confers That status of marriage on the man and a man or a woman and a woman not biology not reality So it makes the state supreme over Biological fact, and this again was something that many people I know were trying to warn, um, warn society about. You know, ten years ago, Um, but um, uh, I I was trying to write articles and and, and was thinking about this. But that's what happened. You know, it's the um, the state asserting its supremacy to define what is true and what is what is marriage over against biological reality and that's something that we've seen more um, through the lockdowns we'll come on to that um, in a minute. I should just like to say by the way and I should have started with this but you know obviously um, I know that you know the church has really not done well with people who are gay um, over the, the the years and um, you know there's been a lot of terrible things happened um, and uh, you know I, I don't I certainly I'm not advocating going back to the 1950s or before um, you know I, I don't want to criminalize homosexual behavior or anything like that um but i just think you know same-sex marriage has been a bridge too far and um and actually it has as I, as i hope i've shown has actually had um set precedents for things which are pretty dangerous and harmful Um, and i think we need to row back and just reassess where where we want to be as a society but i don't have time to go into all of this uh all of this now so um that's one thing which um i think will probably offend some people so i do you know i I, well i'm i'm sorry but i'm not sorry actually because these are really important ideas which we need to discuss so um gay marriage uh, same-sex marriage um and today um what's happened is that you know we just have this kind of saturation of pornography. I did a video a few uh weeks ago saying what's worse than lockdown and I was just looking at this kind of issue that um I think you know young people are learning about relationships now by watching porn. And I I think a lot of young people are actually unable to form healthy relationships with the opposite sex anymore. I think um you know, it's tragic, actually, but it, this is what's happening. that A lot of young people just cannot form healthy relationships now. And um, I think that spells doom for us uh, as a society. Um, and that's something that, that was on the cards well before lockdown. Um, but lockdown has kind of exacerbated. So let's move on then. So uh, we've been talking about lockdown a bit. So let's look at the second thing. What's the effect of lockdown on, on the family? Okay, so part two, how has lockdown has an effect, had an effect on the distraction of the family? Um, the first thing is that it has, um, the state has been able to control which members of our family we've been able to see, apart from the people that you live with. Uh, now, it should never be the state's role to dictate who you can and cannot see, especially in terms of our friends and family. It put me in mind, actually, of C.S. Lewis's famous essay, and I'll I'll link to this down below. Um, And he said, again, the new oligarchy must more and more base its claim uh, to, to plan us on its claim to knowledge. If we are to be mothered, mother must know best. We're being mothered. You know, the state has started to become our family, dictating to us who we can and cannot see. So, um, by by imposing upon us these restrictions, the state has started to take on a role, or of, of that the family should be, you know, should be reserved only for the family. Uh, the second thing that lockdown has done, this imposition of politically correct truth, has split families apart. Um, so you you now get. Those who are loyal to state truth, those who are loyal to what's politically correct, you know, lockdowns work, lockdowns save lives, the vaccine saving lives and all of those things. And, and those who question and those who just want to find the truth, even if it means going against um, the mainstream narrative, and you get the line, sadly, split right down families. And the state has been demanding our allegiance uh, beyond our traditional friend and family roles. It split people apart. And this has been encouraged, actually. So there was um, someone sent round, I saw, an article on WikiHow. You might know the WikiHow website that just tells you how to get things done. Um, There was an article, which I think has now been removed, which uh, was for children who wanted to get vaccinated without parental consent. And they had instructions on doing this and including about lying to your parents. It was awful, actually. Um, But but it's explicit now, you know, that if you want to get vaccinated without parental consent, this is what you need to do. And that's the level at at which our society is is working, you know, with the the lockdown machine. Um, And, you know, even... Uh, the NHS have said that uh, children can be vaccinated against their parents' wishes. They've been talking about this sort of gillick competence um, and what have you. and even if that's not that's not true, that I, I have heard that a lot of children have been vaccinated against their parents' wishes. I hear um, stories about that from time to time. So it's pitting parent against, uh, a child against parent, and it's taking you know children away from their parents into the, the arms of the state hugely hugely worrying thing to happen and the third thing is and the final thing for this is that um, i think the pressure on families has broken them over this this last 18 months i can think of at least four um, couples who were married who have separated over this last 18 months and you know they may have there may have been trouble before but um, I think what has happened is that the lockdown has just broken. You know, If, if families were under pressure before, then the lockdown has broken it. And, you know, it, it's really, um, it's tragic. But sadly, I think, you know, it, it's perhaps not caused by the lockdown, but the pressure certainly was, you know, did not help. Um, so, yeah, I think we are heading for disaster. We are heading for disaster. Um but, you know, I think this, this lockdown has just been the symptom of a deeper problem. You know, that the destruction of families was happening way before lockdown and lockdown has just kind of um, exacerbated trends that were already happening, as I hope that, that we've seen. So the third thing to look at then is why is this happening? Why is this happening? Well, you think about it. A healthy family... Is fundamental to a healthy society. If you have healthy families, you have healthy societies. You know, children are born and raised, and they they have a place in society when they when they're born into a family who have a place in that society. They're born and raised. They take their place in that society, and and it kind of things go on, and it, and it's it's good, it's healthy. That's how societies kind of stay together. If you don't have healthy families, what then? Well, you get problems. And who needs to pick up the problems? What started to happen more and more is that the state has started to pick up the pieces, pick up the problems created by unhealthy families. So rather than trying to promote healthy families, the state has instead started to supplant it and it stepped into the role of caring for us, um, in for example in, in benefits which traditionally families would have would have taken on um so you think about it you know why is the government investing millions and billions in um housing benefit for example for couples who've split up because you know a couple that that splits up has to live in at least two houses um you know that so that that there's more pressure on housing um when um you know instead of trying to encourage couples to, to remain together you know maybe to give relationship counseling maybe you know financial incentives that that kind of thing why are they actually financing this um is it because that that gives them this role that gives them the power taking the power away from the families and giving it to the state You know, i think that's what's been uh, that's what's been happening now what is there some kind of ideology that lies behind this um well there is and there isn't. I mean, I'm not. Again, I'm not entirely sure in our our government in the you know the UK if there is a particular ideology which is driving it specifically. But this has been part of Marxist ideology for uh, for some time. Carl um, Truman, he he recently wrote a book called The Rise and Triumph of the Modern Self, and kind of. Um, I think the research that he did for that book, and actually went into a series of lectures that he did, called um, "Life of the Mind: The Makers of the Modern Revolution," um, and that was part of the Grove City College lectures. You can watch it all online, and I'll put a link to the playlist um, down below. Um, it's a really interesting series. He looks at kind of um, philosophers and thinkers over the past couple of hundred years who've influenced and kind of led us to where we are in our society. It's fascinating. But one of the things which I, I mean, I never really studied Marx and that kind of Marxist um, thinking, but um, the destruction of the family is part of Marxist thought. And that's because they believe that, you know, the family is the unit of bourgeois oppression, you know, that it it kind of maintains the status quo. And they think in order to create, create this revolution that they think is necessary, they need to destroy the family to make people uncomfortable enough to want a revolution. So, you know, they need to destroy the family. And you actually see this in kind of neo-Marxist organizations like Black Lives Matter in the the organization. Um, I think they've removed this page from their website, but there was at one point a page on their website which stated a goal was to disrupt uh, the nuclear family structures, the kind of Western-style nuclear family structures. So that was an explicit goal of um, Black Lives Matter. Is is it is it this kind of Marxist ideology is it thinking about China you know Chinese communist party is this is this what's going on in in the west um or is it actually something more more fundamental more evil which is going on underneath you know that we were thinking about the existence of evil we were thinking about how you know satan hates god and hates us and wants to destroy and undermine god and and his ways um and if the family is something good which is given by God, then is it any surprise that Satan wants to destroy and undermine it? I don't think I don't think it is a surprise um but I, I I can't tell you exactly all of the currents that are happening. I just know this is it seems to me that this is what is happening. So the final thing to talk about then is what can we do about it? what can we do about it um well, the first thing I would say is to invest in your own family. I think that you know, if if the family is being destroyed, then the first thing we need to make sure is that you know we we put time into to investing in our own in our own families. You know, so spend time with your wife and children. I mean, I don't know which which stage you're at. It's not obviously possible for everyone, um, but um, you know, just try to ensure that your own relationships are healthy. That's the thing. You know, that healthy society is built on healthy relationships. And if we don't have um, healthy relationships, then we can't expect other people to. So, you know, to first focus on ourselves and our own relationships. And I think, you know, often the way that God works is not in uh, spectacular displays of power, but in ordinary deeds of loving one another. Um, and, you know, I think these days a loving family is a revolutionary act. A loving family is a revolutionary act, and if we commit to seeking that kind of family with God's help, that can change the world. You know, don't underestimate the power of just those ordinary deeds of love. The you know those kind of ordinary family moments. Don't underestimate that. People see and people know, and that's what people want. You know that that can really change things. Um, the second thing is do not watch pornography. Just just. Just don't do it. It's toxic. It is toxic to, to healthy families, to healthy relationships. Um, it really is. Uh, if you need help in, in stopping, um, then there's a website called Fight the New Drug, um, which is very good. And I did a video on my other channel, on Understand the Bible, which is the most popular video I did there, actually, about um, breaking free from pornography. But I do appreciate it's a massive problem, um, especially for younger people. Um, But I think to to be free of that, I think pornography is a is a a toxin. It's something which is eating away at Western society and it's undermining uh, at the end of the day. It will undermine everything that we hold dear. Um, So, yeah, don't don't get involved with it. And the third thing, and this is likely to be something which as well is is controversial. The third thing is to embrace your masculinity or femininity, to embrace it. Um, if our society hates it so much, there must be something good about it, you know. Um, and um, in particular, I think men need to step up to take more responsibility. Um, this is something actually which, is, which the Bible is, um, talks about, is talk, you know, male leadership, and the importance of fathers, the importance of men taking responsibility for, for leading a family, for leading the church. Werm um, Poitres, who is a theologian, he wrote um, a, a, an article, um, the, the Church's Family, Why Male Leadership in the Family Requires Male Leadership in the Church as Well, which you can, you can read if you like, um, but he says this, The family, more than any other single institution in modern society, desperately needs freedom and renewal through the love of Christ. That freedom comes most effectively when we are able, under God, to harness the full, rich resources that he provides. We are to teach people, above all, to embody in their families the model of Christ set forth in Ephesians 5, 22-23 and we are to teach them by examples that we set forth in the family-like life of the church, including the godly example of mature spiritual fathers, the overseers. Hence, we hinder true liberation if we deviate from the pattern of male overseers. It would be ironic if a sincere desire for women's liberation should be corrupted in practice into its opposite, a hindrance to the liberating power of God that is at work in his household. So do have a read of that article uh, if you're interested, but... I think, you know, that one way that we can really begin to to change actually is by um, embracing the roles the the feminine the masculine roles which which God has has given to us. And certainly I know from my myself, just from my own kind of experience, I think I've begun to accept perhaps more about what it means just to be created as a man over the past past couple of years than i did before and i think I've, i found that actually a, a very liberating thing and i feel much more in in line in kind of in harmony with the, with the way that god made me and with the world and i hope that that would be the case for for each one of us you know that when we live in line with the way that god made us actually that's true freedom um so yeah anyway I that if you say that in certain places in our society then you will get you'll get you know absolutely cast out you know into the outer darkness you know banned from youtube and i don't know but you know it's one of those things that you're just not allowed to say um but i think that you know this is the kind of thing which we need to talk about uh, which is important that there is a difference between men and women and we need to celebrate that and embrace it um and that doesn't mean going back to the 1950s but it does mean that we need to have an important conversation um, about it (music) Okay, so the final thing that um, I wanted to look at is something biblical. I wanted to to look at um, Psalm ninety-four. I read this the other day, and it really struck me as relating to our current circumstances. So I'm going to read it out first, and then I'll just offer a few thoughts about it as we've um, as we go through. Psalm ninety-four: The Lord is a God who avenges. O God who avenges, shine forth! Rise up, Judge of the earth. Pay back to the proud what they deserve. How long, Lord, will the wicked, how long will the wicked be jubilant? They pour out arrogant words. All the evildoers are full of boasting. They crush your people, Lord. They oppress your inheritance. They slay the widow and the foreigner. They murder the fatherless. They say, the Lord does not see. The God of Jacob takes no notice. Take notice, you senseless ones among the people. You fools, when will you become wise? Does he who fashioned the ear not hear? Does he who formed the eye not see? Does he who disciplines nations not punish? Does he who teaches mankind lack knowledge? The Lord knows all human plans. He knows that they are futile. Blessed is the one you discipline, Lord, the one you teach from your law. You grant them relief from days of trouble till a pit is dug for the wicked. For the Lord will not reject his people. He will never forsake his inheritance. Judgment will again be founded on righteousness, and all the upright in heart will follow it. Who will rise up for me against the wicked? Who will take a stand for me against the evildoers? Unless the Lord had given me help, I would soon have dwelt in the silence of death. When I said, my foot is slipping, your unfailing love, Lord, supported me. When anxiety was great within me, your consolation brought me joy. Can a corrupt throne be allied with you, a throne that brings on misery by its decrees? The wicked band together against the righteous and condemn the innocent to death. But the Lord has become my fortress, and my God the rock in whom I take refuge. He will repay them for their sins, and destroy them for their wickedness. The Lord our God will destroy them. Okay, so, you know, last week I was saying how it's it's very easy to be angry about the things happening and I, um, I'm i much too inclined towards pessimism and you know you think well what, what's the right attitude to have towards the things going on in the world do we just need to shrug our shoulders and say oh you know well it's, it's terrible but what can you do um, and actually what the Psalms teach us is that we need to cry out to God and to trust in him for his righteousness and justice um, and that's what I love about this psalm I think that's exactly what this psalm does. You know, the Lord is a God who avenges, and it's a prayer that the avenging God would shine forth and would put right the evils in the world, which are manifold, and pay back to the proud what they deserve, saying, how long How long will the, the wicked people seem to triumph? Um, and it says, you know, they pour out arrogant words. Um, they're full of boasting. I was just thinking about Bill Gates and... You know, people who who want to reshape society in they think they have a good vision of what society should be like and they want to reshape it according to their vision. And you just think, what arrogance, you know, to think, yes, it's, it's, it's good to have good ideas. But, you know, to think that your vision, you can override what people want, you know, you can do it just imposing your vision of society on them. Um, you know, I think there's a, a huge amount of arrogance going on. Thinking that you can fix all the problems in the world. And actually what they're doing is they are crushing people. You know, that they are not actually caring about people. They have this vision of the good life. And they they don't care if that people don't like that, you know, in the future. Or is it you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Um, Well, is that what people want? You know, is that actually oppression? Um, And um, yeah, they say the Lord does not see. The God of Jacob takes no notice. Um, oh, but oh, yeah, I missed one. They they slay the widow and the foreigner. They murder the fatherless. And I was just thinking how, you know what Matt Hancock said about putting up, what is it, an iron wall around care homes and the vulnerable. And actually, you know, the people who are vulnerable, the people who are um, struggling actually have been thrown under a bus, I think, the last 18 months. It hasn't at all been putting a a steel wall around them or anything. It's been throwing them under a bus. Think about the excess deaths in private homes uh, at the moment. You think about the way that care homes have not been treated well, you know, discharging um, people who are sick to care homes and so on, spreading coronavirus in care homes Um, the way that you know people have been unable to say goodbye to their family and friends Um, and I think even the vaccine I'm I'm becoming increasingly concerned that the vaccine is actually causing deaths Um, and you know that it's the, the, the thing which the government are promoting to save is actually causing more harm and no one seems to be interested in the mainstream in the government or in the media at looking into the figures and seeing actually is the vaccine causing more harm than it's then it's um any good that it might be doing. And um, you know, and it's people there are people dying. And um, you know, no one seems to care. And you know, they say the Lord does not see, the God of Jacob takes no notice. It's because they, they don't believe in God. You know, they don't believe there is a God in heaven who judges us. They think they can just do whatever they like. They think they can act in their own best interest and they, they think they are God, basically. That's the problem um whether they would say that or not, that's sort of what, what they believe. And the psalm says, take notice, you know, that, that God sees that, you know, does, for example, does he who fashioned the ear not hear or does he who formed the eye not see? You know, God sees, he knows what's going on. You're foolish if you think that God does not, God does not see. And he says he knows all human plans. He knows that they are futile. God will bring an end to these human plans because at the end of the day that you know the world economic forum or whoever it is bill gates they might get together to make plans but they are futile you know they will not come to pass in the end um it says um the blessed is the one you you discipline the one you teach you grant them relief uh, till a pit is dug for the wicked and this is one of the things i really love about the psalms this idea the the boomerang effect of evil as alec matea puts it that, you know, the the people who've dug a pit have fallen into it themselves. It's that kind of idea that, you know, when uh, evil people are doing what's what's evil, not considering the Lord, you know, not not having no fear of him. Um, they are actually digging a pit for themselves. And God protects the righteous while those who are evil uh, he, He's digging a pit for them. Um, the Lord will not reject his people. And this is a verse I really liked. Judgment will again be founded on righteousness and all the upright in heart will follow it. Judgment will again be founded on righteousness. Now, if you're dismayed at everything going on in society, all the evil going on, the way that we seem to be going further and further away from what's right and good, that's a verse of of hope. Judgment will again be founded on righteousness. And that's really good news. And then this is a kind of a rousing call to action here. Who will rise up for me against the wicked? Who will take a stand for me? And that's what I wanted to say to to each one of us watching or listening. Now, who will rise up? Who will stand up for what's right and good? Who will take a stand against the evil that's going on? Because it's for all of us to do. And we all need to take a stand against uh, the evil that we see happening in the world. It's not for any one person to... Um you know, or he can do it, but not, but not me, or she can do it, but not you know, but we we almost take a stand against what's happening, uh, the evil that's happening that we see happening in the world, but we know we have God's help, you know unless the Lord had given me help, I would soon have dwelt in the silence of death, and you know he helps us when we're anxious about it, He helps us you know if we, we think our foot is slipping, actually god is is there with us when we commit to doing what's right and righteous god is is helping us um and these final words there can a corrupt throne be allied with you a throne that brings on misery by its decrees and of course you know that i think our government have become corrupted um you know that i don't think they are seeking to do what's right anymore they're just seeking what's politically expedient um and there are some examples of mps who i think have you know done a really good job standing up against um some of the, the evil that's happening um, but actually i just think you know we have a political class now who are only interested in their own ends looking good um and and you know about this kind of Im- shadow boxing where they're they're fighting sort of kind of imaginary uh, foes rather than actually seeking to do what's good for the people that they serve they've forgotten that they are supposed to be ministers and servants of of us the people Um, And they can't be allied with God. Um, uh, But God is our fortress. Um, We can take refuge in him and he will repay them and destroy them for their wickedness. And, you know, this is this is the thing that, you know, we have to trust in God, that goodness and righteousness when when they're gone, they're not gone forever. But that God will repay them and God will will sort things out. And I just thought this was a real message of hope. Because so often, I think, you know, when we think, we see the goodness and righteousness departing from the government, from the political class and, and so on. And, you know, it's so easy to feel despair, but actually there's no, there's no need to be despairing because God is righteous. He is just. He sees what's happening and he will act and he will act uh, in, you know, in time. Um, so we, we don't need to fear um god has justice in 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 his hand and he will do it i don't know when i don't know how um all i know is that we as as people as believers as christians we should be praying for this and you know i hope that after after this you can have a read of psalm 94 yourself um maybe just go through it and pray it and you know ask for god's justice to be done so let's do that now let's pray and uh let's commit to God all of the things that we've been talking. I just think there's so many problems in the world at the moment, and I really am worried about you know what's happening with families and you know the fact that men and women I think um, are just unable to form healthy relationships uh, at the moment. It really does worry me um but God has things in hand. Heavenly Father, we thank you that um you are a God of justice, and we thank you that nothing um Un, the unjust that happens on earth uh, escapes your notice and we thank you that you do um, provide forgiveness for us in Jesus Christ and we pray that you would just transform um, the the world at the moment Lord where we see so much injustice so much wrong that's happening so many people who it seems like they are uh, getting away with these things we, we just pray Lord that you would bring real change that you would um, bring a real change of hearts to those doing doing these things and um, that you would bring about justice in our land once again. And we do pray, Lord, for the family, that you would uphold the family and cause uh, once again this kind of basic um, building block of society to be valued once again for men and women to be valued in their masculinity and femininity and that you would um, just bring us as a society closer to that Um, The ideal that you created us for. We just pray these things, Lord, and pray. I pray for your blessing upon each one who's watching this or listening to it. Pray that you'll be with us in whatever we're doing and ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thanks so much for uh, joining me today. Um, And I hope that you found it helpful and thought provoking, even if you disagreed um, with some of it or even all of it. Um the comments are open on YouTube. Um, and um, yeah, don't forget the links down below the telegram um, and um, all of the other things. And if you'd like to express your appreciation, um, there is a buy me a coffee link as well, um, which I, I do I really appreciate. But I, I appreciate any, uh, you know, all of your support, your kind words um, and um, everything. So yeah, thanks so much, everyone. And I hope to see you again soon or next week. Uh, till then, God bless.